0: There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses.
1: It's the art and science of money.
0: My job has been to try and figure out which is which.
1: It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto. With Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers, here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle.
2: Welcome back.
3: Hi-Fi Radio, Saturday. It's going to be a good show. got Benjamin Tall on the line. He's going to... Help us make sense of the last couple of weeks. The market goes down. The market goes up. Boy, oh, boy, it's all over the place, and you can get whipsawed around. So Benjamin's going to give us a steady hand to get us through the next couple of months. Uh, We're going to get Justin and Courtney back from BDO uh, to talk about uh, prescribed rate loans. And if you want to save yourself some tax, uh, you have till the 1st of April to take advantage of the lower interest rate if you have what's called a prescribed rate loan. Plus, of course, the cost of raising a family, as this is a family day special. Program of Hi-Fi Radio. Of course, Hi-Finance, all about money. And we're going to uh, end the show off with a discussion with Lloyd Richardson. He's with the Canadian Centre for Child Protection, uh, a new uh, government initiative uh, funding uh, the Canadian Centre for Child Protection with about $4 million to help ward off child pornography on the internet is a great cause and uh, Lloyd's going to help us understand how artificial intelligence is going to help protect our children i love it and it's a very very important discussion on this family day weekend but without further ado benjamin tall how are you my friend Excellent. How are you? Oh, I'm just fine. Benjamin Tull, of course, is with CIBC World Markets. And uh, Benjamin, uh, gee whiz, it's been about a month since we had you on the air. Uh, Last we spoke, you were uh, neutral to slightly negative on the Canadian dollar. You were positive on emerging markets in Europe. You were okay with the American market and uh, a little suspect, I think, of the Canadian marketplace. Uh, but so much has happened since we last had you on air. Uh, you had a bit of a uh, melt down in the equity markets and a bit of a melt right back up in the equity market in the last couple of weeks. So, my good friend, help us on this family day, make sense of it all. Where are we at and where are we going from here?
2: Well, first of all, I think that when it comes to the correction in the stock market in the U.S., well, good luck predicting these kind of things. It's simply impossible. And if you try to predict it, you're simply in the wrong business because it's simply unpredictable. The only question we can ask is to what extent it's sustainable, to what extent you can justify it based on fundamentals, or maybe this is the beginning of the end, or maybe just a blip. I think that's a reasonable question. To what extent you can predict the exact date at which things happen, the market has its own mind and the... Uh, This time really did not have much of a trigger. You know, as you know, the VIX uh, volatility index went up to 50. The last time we saw 50 was uh, during 2008 when we had the global recession. So there was no real trigger there. The market needed an excuse to uh, take profit, and that was the excuse. Uh, We got some good numbers coming from the U.S. and people were talking about the possibility of uh, raising rates uh, in the U.S. more strongly than expected. Uh, The Bank of England was tweeted about uh, maybe uh, moving uh, a bit faster. And again, the market got its its excuse. So we cannot predict this kind of things. We don't don't even have to try to predict them. The question is to what extent uh, this is just a blip. I think this is not the real trigger. I think it's a blip and I think that the market is already recovering. It was really a good buying opportunity. I think uh, the real thing will be uh, when the market starts looking at uh, earnings in 2019. That's when uh, I think there is a mismatch. You see, the Trump uh, tax cut is significant. It's adding to earnings in the U.S. roughly 6 to 7 percentage points in terms of actual earnings. So overall, the market is expecting 10 to 12 for 2018. That's reasonable given the tax Mm-hmm. What I don't understand is the 10% that the market is expecting in 2019, and that's when I think the market will be tested. This was just um, just a blip. There is no real reason for that.
3: So the bull market continues, upward trajectory continues. So you believe the uh, Canadian and the U.S. stock market end the year higher from today?
2: Well, I think that at least the next uh, six months will be stronger than today. Especially the U.S. markets. I think that the U.S. market is, uh, uh, has some potential, and uh, this kind of decline in valuations actually got us more or less to normal. And there is positive uh, potential given the um, uh, tax cuts coming from Trump and all kinds of other things. Less enthusiastic about uh, the Canadian dollar, uh, the Canadian um, uh, equity market, because again we have the headwinds coming from NAFTA and, of course, the tax cuts from the U.S. So, what's benefiting them is really hurting us, and that's the uncertainty that will impact the psyche of the market when it comes to Canada. Mm -hmm. But in the second half of the year, I'm getting a bit more nervous even about uh, the US uh, market again because I think that the valuations or expectations regarding earnings for 2019 are inflated. I simply cannot see how the market will get 10% that uh, currently is expecting, and to the extent that you, you will start seeing the market downgrading expectations in the second half of the year, uh, that might impact valuations in the U.S.
3: Well, we have Benjamin Tall on the line, uh, chief economist with the CIBC Global Markets. Uh, Benjamin, so earnings this year, they're coming in very, very strong for 2018. We expect the S&P uh, to put in earnings with the Trump tax cuts north of what, about 15% earnings growth year over year. Is that correct?
2: Yes, and that's uh, not uh, in the sky. That's achievable when you have uh, 5 6 7% coming <laughs> from Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just that. Mm-hmm. So in addition, you build another 6, 7, and you get what uh, you need. So the market, it's not extremely inflated, maybe a bit higher than what we will be getting, but nothing to write home about. I really cannot understand why uh, the market is expecting 10% for 2019. I just don't, don't see it.
3: So, so in terms of 2019, where do you think the, think the market ends off that year?
2: I, I think that we can get half of it if we are lucky. Half of half of that return. Yes, yes, 5%, 4%, which is more reasonable at this stage of the cycle. And I think that you will see the market adjusting uh, to that the lower expectations in the second half of the year, maybe the fourth quarter, something like that. And that's when you will see the market uh, being tested.
3: Benjamin Tell, Chief Economist, CIBC World Markets. We're going to pay some bills around here and come right back with some more tough questions for the smart man who's going to help us make sense of it all on this Family Day weekend on Hi-Fi Radio right after this.
1: Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
3: Boy, the
1: way Glenn Miller played songs that made the hit parade. Guys like us, we had it made.
4: Those Those were the days.
3: Ah, the good old days, eh? Forget it. They're right here, right now. Live and in person, we have Benjamin Tull. Here to help us make sense of the markets, uh, Chief Economist at CIBC World Markets. Uh, hey, Benjamin, we got Jack Hartle, producer of Hi-Fi Radio, in the studio with us, and he's got a few uh, questions to pepper you with, if you don't mind.
2: Okay.
0: All right. Hey, Benjamin. Uh, one of the biggest concerns, I guess, uh, of the sell-off was rising inflation. Now, Up to this point in the cycle, there really hasn't been a whole lot of inflation. Um, wh- what's your views on that, and when do when does in- inflation start to scare you um, because of rising interest rates?
2: Yes, uh, that's a very good question, because uh, as you know, inflation was missing in action. At this point of the game, when you have the labor market on fire, both in Canada and the U.S., you should uh, see wages rising, therefore inflation rising, therefore interest rates rising, therefore the economy is slowing, and you have a a cycle. Economics 101 did not work until now. We haven't seen wages rising in any significant way, despite... um, the very strong labor market when it comes to the unemployment rate going down and employment going up. So something was missing, and I believe that this something is something structural, namely a mismatch in the labor market. We have people without jobs and jobs without people. So all of a sudden, the same reasons why um, wages did not rise and why inflation did not rise and why uh, interest rates did not rise, those are exact same reasons why Trump is the president now. It's all connected. The labor market is not functioning because many people are being left behind. Now, of course, you cannot uh, continue in this trade forever. At the margin, you must see some wages and some inflation. We are reaching this point, and that's why the market got a little bit panicky uh, when we got the wage growth coming from the U.S. I think we will see inflation in the neighborhood of 2 to 2.5%. In the U.S., and that's why I believe that the Fed uh, will be moving faster than expected by the market. In addition, remember you have uh, um, Trump—you know—spending like there is no tomorrow. You know, the infrastructure spending uh, and uh, the fiscal stimulus that we are going to see will be significant. It will add 0.3 to 0.4 percent. GDP growth in 2018, that will take the economy to 2.7%, which is relatively strong given the structural issues facing uh, the economy. So I suggest that the Fed will be relatively uh, you know, uh, robust here trying to slow down the economy that Trump is trying to fuel. And that's basically what we are going to see, um, a tug of war between uh, the Fed and uh, Trump. And I think that will be translated into somewhat higher uh, um, uh, higher uh, interest rates, the long end of the curve as well, that can go over 3% over the next uh, few months. And I guess the Fed will make sure that inflation is not going to the sky. And I think that uh, something between 2 and 2.5, they can tolerate. Beyond that, they will not. And that's why I see interest rates rising a bit faster.
0: In that case where you have the rising interest rates that you're talking about, say you're over 3% on the 10-year, what would you expect the valuation to be on the market? Right now it's around... 16, 17 times earnings? Would you see it contract?
2: Yes, uh, a little bit. I think that that will be more second half of 2018, and that's why I'm a little bit uh, spe- skeptical about how long this recovery will be. I think that I will be a buyer in the market for the next uh, four to six months, and then I will reassess the situation, reflecting uh, the earnings situation, and of course, the fact that interest rates will be rising. Remember, a lot of it is already priced in. Uh, one of the reasons why we are a correction is because of the fact that the market is pricing in lower, uh, sorry, higher, uh, higher uh, interest rates in the long end of the Curve. So I think that a lot of it uh, is already in the market. So I'm not losing sleep over that. But I think that the earnings story will dominate the story, the, the situation.
3: So Benjamin, there, there's been this t- the, this market since 2009 ha- has risen primarily on growth stocks, not value stocks. The value have been left behind, uh, which also Jack always talks about the bond proxies, those stocks that trade uh, off of interest rates that currently have high dividend yields. We will we'll include the pipelines in that category right now. So where does the land of Value play in 2018, 2019, and where does the land of high-dividend stocks uh, fit into the equation?
2: Yes, uh, as you uh, know, high-dividend stocks have been uh, really uh, doing extremely well because of a very strong bond market. This is changing, so I think that the dividend story is not going to be as appealing over the next uh, uh, 6 to 12 months, uh, given the interest rate environment and the fact that the Fed actually will move faster than what the market is expecting. Uh, I think that for the next 6 months, I I like growth in the next six months because I think that the economy will um, will surprise on the upside. I think that uh, with Trump stimulating the economy, you will see actually GDP got surprising on the upside. So I will actually be uh, on this side of the of, of the trade. After that, I will have to reassess because the earnings situation does not make sense to me.
3: So I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume then you don't like the utilities, you don't like the telecoms, um, you don't like the consumer staples, you do like technology, I'm going to assume you like um, I financials? The late,
0: yeah, the late cyclicals I think you're looking at, right,
2: Benjamin? That's basically it, yes. I think that at this point, uh, with the economy accelerating a little bit after the adjustment and uh, with uh, the fiscal stimulus coming, I definitely will look at that. Also, you have to do the work uh, when it comes to which companies actually benefit uh, from uh, lower taxes, and it will be more industrial, for example, just because of the fact that those... Uh, companies actually pay the actual rate as opposed to high-tech companies that pay less so we have to be careful there in addition I like small cap at this point because they benefit much more than the tax cuts than large companies
3: Well, you know again we're seeing share buybacks continue in droves a stock that Jack and I have held for five years for our clients a value stock Cisco system we bought that thing at, about 22 23 bucks five years ago Jack mm-hmm. um, uh, billions of dollars I think, I think net cash in its balance sheet 35 40 billion dollars repatriating about 25 billion five billion gonna buy buy back share. Um, and the uh, stock basically keeps making new all-time highs, a stock that people thought was left for dead. Uh, they just kept Still producing. not to its 2,000 peak,
0: though, but uh, yeah, far, it's, far, it's, yes, far, yes, that's not going to happen sometime.
3: But uh, again, a great performance. We saw the same type of buzz out of Apple. Um, so this share buyback that, that has been propelled uh, for, for a number of years, uh, Benjamin, how long do you think that continues for?
2: Well, first of all, it's big. We're talking about what? $2.6 trillion outside looking for uh, direction. And they will be coming back the way it was, by the way, in 2004, when President 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 Bush introduced something similar. We saw 90% of the money going to stock buybacks and dividend payments. That's exactly what we're going to see now. Uh, This is just the beginning of this. So I think one of the reasons why I'm actually uh, bullish on the U.S. stock market in general is – is that story. Share, share buybacks, yeah. Exactly. It's just that uh, we are in the fourth, fifth inning of this game. This is not over. Well,
3: Brian, Brian Reynolds, one of our strategists at, at, at Canaccord Genuity, uh, he says this entire bull market, Benjamin, the entire bull market has not been driven by retail, not been driven by pensions, it's been driven by share buybacks, <laughs> having easy access to capital. So <laughs> if they have an earnings yield of 7% but can borrow money at 3 they borrow the money at 3 buy back stock, and it's accretive to earnings. It makes them look smart.
2: and All they're doing is juicing up their balance sheet that's exactly it and that's not over they can play this game for another another you know six months or so and that's why i think that this market is going places but at one point at one point this will end and the earnings story will uh, enter the psyche of investors and that's when i'm getting nervous We're right. not there yet
3: well ben's not nervous yet benjamin tall chief economist cibc world markets always a pleasure to have you on hi Fire radio my friend and we look forward to having you back right here enjoy your family day weekend Coming up next, we're going to help you with tax and try to save you just that. Justin and Courtney from BDO are going to talk to us about prescribed rate loans, uh, call it a spousal loan. The interest rate is going to double in the month of April, so if you want to do such tactics, do so before the month of April, and Justin and Courtney are going to help us walk through that process right after this.
1: Money. Let's take a break, but after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
5: Hello, world, in the star.
3: Hey Jack, that's what we're going to do. We're going to make them happy today. Hi-Fi Radio, welcome back. A show about money. And since it's Family Day weekend, why don't we co- why don't we talk about how much it costs to raise those little rugrats of ours. And i got three of them right now. And, you know, they're up at Vaughn Mills and my 16-year-old son, Jack, had to pick up a pair of running shoes and a pair he needed. Needed. Of course, he needed them. <laughs> needed. We're two hundred and forty buck before tax, two seventy all in. He's lucky I wasn't there because the answer would have been no, 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 no. But that's easy for me to say. Uh, two hundred thirty-three thousand dollars to raise one child. That's what it costs Canadians on average. So, and, and this is funny because this comes right after Valentine's Day. And yet on, on Valentine's Day, apparently in America, they spend some, th- some $13 billion on Valentine's Day. Um, oh, yeah. Percent of Valentine's Day is bought by, cards bought by women, 85%. And there's even a high percentage of women sending themselves flowers on Valentine's Day. I don't know what to make of that, but you know, sure, when, 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 why not? Eh? If it costs $233,000 to raise a kid and you were frisky on Valentine's Day, boy, oh, boy, you may want to cut back Valentine's Day spending out come the future. So, anyways, um, prescribe rate loans. Uh, if you have kids and if you have some extra money uh, through inheritance or through hard work, And you want to reduce tax. Um, Back in the day, people would lend their spouse money. You can't gift to a spouse because if you gift money to your spouse, any money your spouse makes on that money would attribute back to you. So, what people then do is they lend money to their spouse legally. um, And they can either do it through a trust or straight up. Through a trust is a little cleaner, I believe. Um, Anyways, it's called a prescribed rate loan. And so, if you have, let's just say, a million dollars lying around, which I guess 1% of the population does, uh, and you are investing, that money right now and you're working whatever you make on your investments you're paying top dollar in tax which is about 55% all in in Canada so what people do is they will lend it to their spouse and right now that cost to lend their spouse is 1% so the spouse pays you 1% to carry the loan they then invest the money hopefully make 8 or 10% on it and then they can um, use that as their income and pay a, a lower tax rate on it so guys what's going on the Bank of Canada, The who, who by the way governs this uh, rate of interest First, uh- prescribed rate loan? Finance Minister, I guess?
4: Yeah, that's CRA. So there's there's two different rates, right? So we've got the prescribed rate from the Bank of Canada. They're different. So the the prescribed rate from the Bank of Canada is not the prescribed rate that Canada Revenue Agency sets for the purposes of these types of prescribed rate loans plans. Mm -hmm. And the prescribed rate from Canada Revenue Agency's perspective, it changes on a quarterly basis. It's been set at 1%, I think, for quite a number of years now. But effective April 1st of 2018... That rate is going to go up to 2%. Yeah,
3: it's doubling. So, and when, when I got into this business, that rate was actually six or 7%. So, I never discussed it with clients that you should lend money to your spouse, set up a trust, because uh, if you earn over six or 7%, uh, that that's a hurdle rate, we call it. That would then be taxed at the, in, in the lower tax brackets' hands. And again, when you set up a trust structure, uh, to, just for the audience to say, again, we got Justin Courtney from BDO in here on this Family Day weekend to help us save your family some money because it costs so much to raise kids this day and age. But if you have a couple, of kids and you got a spouse and let's just say your spouse doesn't work or doesn't earn what you make create a family trust you you lend the trust money let's say a million dollars for argument's sake the the trust then has to pay or the trust has to pay you interest of one percent which is ten thousand dollars but if you in turn make a nine or ten percent return on the million that's a hundred grand Tax in your hands, the government keeps half. Tax it in your kids' hands, you're saving yourself upwards of forty thousand dollars in tax. I would think, eh?
5: Yeah, on a million bucks, um, if you split with two children, you're looking at around thirty thirty-four thousand dollars of tax savings.
0: Thirty-four thousand bucks uh, in tax what, savings. At what rate of return would that be?
5: Um, that's at a ten percent rate of return. Ten percent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So on uh, his hundred grand of income that we're talking about,
3: right? Yeah, so so it's a very powerful strategy, but now they're going to double the uh, carrying cost from one percent to two percent, which isn't that bad in, in a bull market. Uh, it, it, again, as long as you make more than the prescribed rate, it's, it, it, it can be advantageous to you. Yeah. Uh, but you know, some, a point is a point on a million that's ten grand. Yeah, so, and it, uh,
0: and, it, and it's interest too, right? So that's fully taxable. Fully taxable. In the high income earners, right? Hands, so that's right. You're looking ten, at dividends,
3: but for it the is kids, a deduction. Right? Uh, yeah, on the other side. Right, but on the yeah. other end they, they're not paying much in tax, so the deduction doesn't have the opposite. But it's one percent of ten grand is fifty five hundred bucks going to the government. Yeah. So if they double, that means eleven grand goes to the government. So if you have that money, ever thought about this strategy, guys. How quickly well, can you get one of these things set up? We can do it very quickly. Um,
4: matter of days, right? A lot of times we'll work with investment advisors like yourself to set them up. And I wanna I wanna mention this that because of the tax changes that came out in the summer. To eliminate income splitting, mm-hmm. you know, income eliminate income splitting uh, amongst private company shareholders. Right. We now see this as an excellent opportunity to take advantage of the prescribed rate loan strategy. It, it was always there. It was something that was always available to mm-hmm. clients and to and to individuals out there, but but now and with it being very tougher to income split with private company shares. We see the prescriberate rate loan strategy as a fantastic way to save you some cash, but you have to do it before the end of March. And, mm-hmm. and
0: Justin, you said that you guys set it up. Uh, you guys are accountants. Do you have lawyers that set it up the, being a trust, or do you do it yourselves?
4: We work with lawyers to draft the trust documents. We'll review those trust documents to make sure we're okay with them from a tax perspective, right? And then we'll work with the clients from a you know on a, ta- on a tax planning. Um, perspective. Yeah, you, you don't want
5: to leave people on their own to keep track of these trusts because sure. there are some rules around it that you need to make sure that you fall within. If you don't pay that interest within the first thirty days of the next year, right, you can go offside, and then once you're offside, you need to pay it all off and start again.
0: Right, and and what would the uh, what would the cost be to set up this trust? For an average prescribed rate? It,
4: it, uh, it's a great question. It would depend on each client's situation, right? You've sure. got some legal costs. You're probably looking at two to three grand in legal costs to set up a trust. And you know, on, on our side, we're there for the, from a consulting perspective. So it really varies, but I would say relatively nominal considering the tax savings that
3: Courtney just mentioned that you can attain even in year one.
0: Yeah, and are one time cost to set it up, and then you have the ongoing cost of reporting Correct. the taxes. Absolutely.
3: Well, it is Family Day weekend, guys, and we got Justin and Courtney from BDO to help us reduce our largest expense, which is taxes. Hang around, folks. More with Justin and Courtney from BDO right after this.
1: Listen, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
3: Oh yes, family, 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 family. You gotta love your family. You can fight every now and then. We have our little differences, but now and then there's still got, family. going to say, all I got them, a four
0: hey? and a six year every every
3: day. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's family day weekend, so may you hug and love each other a whole lot. Biggest uh, cause a financial disaster, my good friends. A breakdown in the family marriage. Very, very big faux pas to your financial plan. Obviously, love is thicker than finances but boy you got to try to keep those two in harmony because if you don't you can go so so awry anyways it is expensive to live in this day and age and uh, raising kids is costly we talked about that it costs about a quarter million dollars on average to raise one child if you have four kids that's a million buck to raise those wonderful little darlings of yours who are going to pick your retirement home for you down the road. Don't ever forget that. Your kids pick your retirement home. So I guess we have to be good to them, don't we? But anyways, uh, your biggest expense in Canada by far is taxes. And if we can help you save some tax on Hi-Fi Radio, a show about money, uh, we're going to try real hard to do that. And Justin Courtney from BDO are in the studio to talk to us about just that. So prescribed rate loans where you basically lend your family you lend your family some money, uh, anything they earn on that investment, less the uh, interest cost, it would Be taxed in their hands, so you split income legally. If you have minor kids, I spoke to an accountant. He said it was hilarious. Wolf, I just finished doing a tax return for a two-month-old. So I've never done that before, but yes, you can do a tax return for a two-month-old if you put money in a trust and name them as a beneficiary. Uh, Again, in setting up a family trust, a number of parties must be involved. You have to have a settler, which is the person that actually creates the trust. They usually make a small donation of token value. Then you would have beneficiaries, which is what it's all about to split the income. You would have the settler, which is the person that actually puts the true money into the trust. Uh, And then you have the trustee, which is the individuals that manage a trust. And this is where it gets tricky because with the family trust, you need more than one trustee. The law firms would usually advise three trustees and you must therefore sign in unison and agree in unison on what you're going to do with the proceeds from the trust on an ongoing basis. So, um, Courtney, as you mentioned uh, on air, uh, these trusts require additional attention uh, and that's where uh, you and you and Justin come into the equation, right, Courtney? we in that maintaining minutes, uh, proper distributions, making sure that interest is paid in the following January. I think it's 30 or 31 days. It's uh, 30
5: days, yeah. 30 days. So, some people, yeah. they think it's the end of January and... Go go offside by the one day, so you right. have to make sure it's by January thirtieth. So,
3: so stepping beyond these family trusts, and of course, we spoke about the small business corp. Uh, do you have any other ideas for the listener this morning uh, to help them either save tax or become wealthier people?
4: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of different options out there. You know, depending on if you're an individual. You've really got to take advantage of those tax-free savings accounts that are out there. You've really got to take advantage of RSPs. You know, RSP season, you guys are probably right in the thick of things for the RSP season. So if you're an individual employed with a company, those are really your bread and butter ways of saving money, right? So you've got your prescribed rate, loan strategy, RSPs, tax-free savings accounts, fantastic ways. If you're a shareholder of a private company, now you can get a little more acute in terms of some of the planning that you can do. The government has tried to clamp down on that, as they mentioned in the in the summer with their consultation paper. And actually, the budget's coming out now on, on February 27th. So it'll be very interesting to see what comes out in that budget, especially with the dynamic landscape right now that's going on with the United States. We had their U.S. tax reform. It'll be very interesting to mm-hmm. see what the Ministry of Finance comes out with in this budget. One thing we're expecting is more commentary on how they're going to tax passive investments earned in a private corporation. It'll be very interesting to see the legislation that comes out in that regard. And so we're sort of Sitting on our toes, waiting for that on the
3: 27th. And Jack, Jack
0: what's your biggest fear? With that, I think the, uh, well, I don't know if we're going to get a gift like they got down in the U.S. with the uh, lower taxes. No, sure. give, if, no, no,
3: no, they're going to take. They, so, they, they yeah, gave, the pro- gonna probability is
0: they're going to take more. But, and uh, I think they're going to target, uh, and you guys have mentioned it on the show before, I think capital gains is an easy yeah. target for them to attack, especially for high net worth individuals because they're the ones that have these gains, especially in the market.
4: Yep, it's, yeah, if you've got a transaction on the go, like, oh, go ahead, Courtney, with that rate.
5: Well, we're not sure exactly what they're going to do with the capital gains rate. You know, hopefully it's It's not going to speculate, right? You really don't want to, but hopefully it's not going to increase. Right. uh, Taxes are getting lower in the states. We don't want to lose all the money to them. So,
0: right. Well, the one thing you mentioned there, uh, Justin, it's very important about RSPs because we just came through a healthy market correction. The market was down more than 10 percent and we had a few clients of ours say, you know what." I don't want to really contribute my money to the RSP right now because the market is down. (laughs) So that's actually the opposite thing that you want to do, right? You want to look at sell high. No, well, you want to look at the fundamental landscape and either way, you're going to be saving tax and you want to take the government's money and grow that tax deferred. So, whether or not it's a market correction or not it's good to get that money into an rsp to make sure that you save the tax and you know at the for your calendar but i
3: I want to take it to the next level jack because it is amazing because a lot of people say you know some the rsp the only reason i do it is to save tax which is sort of half correct but again you have to take it to the next level don't just walk into a bank and and buy a gic or put into a savings account and forget about it don't do that you got to learn to make your money work so reduce your tax bill by 55% take that refund put it in the RSP and then find a good money manager a good process to invest the money in a diversified Modest manner, yeah, correct?
0: and don't let the news outlets scare you too, because th- th- what they do is they they dramatize every market correction and they make people think short term when they should be thinking long term with their RSPs
3: all day long. And you know, anecdotally, Jack and I have a wonderful tool at our fingertips, uh, Justin and Courtney. That is, the more clients that call us, the nearer to a bottom we are. It, it happens all the clients don't call us when things are good. When when we are the Maytag repairman. We have no clues for you. When things start to go south, clients start to call us and get worried. And, and and the more worried they get, the nearer to the bottom we are. It's absolutely unbelievable anecdotal evidence. And if that's not good enough for you, from my perspective, what happens is when the world starts to go south, the media calls me puts me front and center. So do the opposite of the Wolf on Bay Street. You're going to make yourself some money. Justin Courtney, real pleasure to have you in our studio for this family day weekend trying to save us some tax and make us just a little bit wealthier because we have a quarter million bucks per child that we have to find and you can help us find that throughout the course of time. Real pleasure to have you in our studio. Uh, coming up next, we are going to talk about protecting our children. It's uh, such a good initiative by the government of Canada. You'll hear me say that too often, but it's a good one. Uh, find those perpetrators uh, out there on Cyberland.
1: Making money is the best. So how do you make more
3: money? <laughs>
1: Come on back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
3: In the criminal justice system, sexually based offenses are considered especially heinous. In New York City, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as the Special Victims Unit. These are their stories. (laughs) Hi-Fi Radio, Family Day Weekend. Now we're going to help you protect your children. I talked about a story that's actually here to protect our children. Such a great story. So Ottawa is spending millions on artificial intelligence to battle child pornography. Uh, On the line we have Lloyd Richardson. He's with the Canadian Centre for Child Protection. Uh, Lloyd, thank you very much for joining us on Hi-Fi Radio on Saturday morning here.
6: Not a
3: problem. Thank you for having me, Wolfgang. Um, now, Lloyd, I, I watched a documentary, or a news clip on CBC, uh, talking about just this story here, and I was very, very moved by the story. So there is a crawler called uh, Arachnoid, and it mm-hmm. is going to basically crawl the web, look for pornograph- child pornography, and basically send out notices to have it removed. Um That's pretty amazing. Uh, Jack and I have had our analysts talk about artificial intelligence, and we're actually very leery about it. Uh, Artificial intelligence taking away our jobs, machine learning, uh, man versus machine. Very dark and scary, but here we have artificial intelligence actually here to protect our kids. I'm moved by this here. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh,
6: it's an interesting sort of application of the technology. Now, um, I would also I'd sort of caution that there's still a lot of human work that has to go into this space. So, um, artificial intelligence is just a, a piece of what Arachnid does. So, there's a lot of other techno- technologies and moving parts that actually um, get the work done, and a part of that is still human analysis. It's um, it's interesting. Um, AI has sort of reduced the amount of work that our analysts need to do, but it, it doesn't um, it doesn't remove that need completely, which is um, I don't. I don't know that the technology is going to get to that place um, in the very near future. Um, just given the sort of context of the work that we do. Um, I'd sort of give some examples of why that is. I mean, um, if, you're, if you're looking at um, computer vision and artificial intelligence in terms of um, detecting objects and what have you, it can be quite simple. If you say you look at uh, a bunch of images and, and train AI to recognize um, trucks, for example, um, it's, it's, pretty, it, it's pretty, not straightforward, but um, there's, there's existing technology out there to do just that at a, quite an accurate level. Um, with quite uh, a bit of accuracy. Uh, when you're, when you're talking about child sexual abuse imagery, um, it's, each image looks very, very different. Um, it's not, it's not quite as simple. And there, there are edge cases that are very, very difficult to be able to te- detect with, um, mm-hmm. with this type of technology. On top of that, you've also got, um, images that or images or videos that would have um, pubescent youth in it so um, you wouldn't necessarily know that it's child sexual abuse material unless you're sort of able to correlate that to an identified victim which is also a space, so you have external information that um, AI wouldn't necessarily know about Um, so there's other spaces like that that are also um, a little bit tricky to apply this to. But um, like I said in the beginning, it's been, it has been absolutely useful in terms of um, helping our analysts sort of sift through the content. It's, a, it's been absolutely critical.
3: Yeah, we're, on the, we're on the phone here with uh, Lloyd Richardson. He's with the Canadian Centre for Child Protection. Uh, since, since the launch, according to the story of, of, of Arachnid, um, the web crawler, uh, over a billion pages have been processed and 238,000 notices have been sent to providers. Were those two hundred thirty eight thousand notices therefore basically all child pornography? Yes, yeah, they were, and this is a, a very um,
6: a very narrow band of uh, child sexual abuse imagery as well. And I, I use the term child sexual abuse imagery. I know our criminal code refers to child pornography, but um, the the. Um, the preferred term uh, for, for many is child sexual abuse material, but mm-hmm. um, you can use them interchangeably. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, so this um, particular, um, the notices that we've currently sent is related to specifically prepubescent material. So um, more so the worst of the worst type of content. There's a whole other um, uh vein of content relating to pubescent victims that we're not actually sending the notices on now. So yeah, to answer your first question, yes, that's 240,000 notices that we've sent on this, but we could be sending more.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah, Lloyd, it's Jack mm-hmm. here. Um You mentioned about AI and you really uh, touch on a consistent theme that Wolfgang and I keep on hearing. And we heard about it through, you know, healthcare and financial industry, treating cancer, the, the likes of uh, those types of technologies, but the the real consistency is the fact that AI, although it's uh, augmenting human intelligence, it certainly can't take over. But uh, it certainly aggregates a lot of information and allows us to be a lot more efficient, um, being able to attack these types of uh, people on the web. I guess. Yeah, no, very very
3: good point. Uh, look, Lloyd, we got to pay some bills around here, but I want to ask you a few more questions about this fantastic project of yours, helping to protect our kil- our children from child pornography. So, Lloyd Richardson, Canadian Center for Child Protection, is in studio online here with us, and uh, we're going to pay some bills and come right back to him
1: stay with us there's more shows still to come you're listening to hi-fi radio from global news radio 640 toronto they're creepy and they're kooky
4: mysterious and spooky they
3: all together, Who the Alex family. Oh, that's so
4: awesome much
3: fun. Hi-Fi Radio, show about money. Trying to entertain you a little bit too and throw in some high fidelity if we get lucky. Anyways, Lloyd Richardson, Canadian Center for Child Protection is on the line. Uh, a new project um, by Public Safety Minister Ralph Goodell said on Wednesday is giving the Winnipeg Canadian Center for Child Protection $4.1 million over five years and another eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars. $7,000 a year ongoing uh, to help protect our children from child pornography. Um, your, your center is obviously a very, very busy center, and this technology is going to help relieve some of the t- traumatization that uh, would, 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 would affect a human being who has to manually um, comb through all of these horrific images that are coming to the forefront uh, in, in this technologically flat world of ours, eh?
6: Um, somewhat, actually, in some ways, I'd say it's actually the opposite of that. Um, so, if if we reverse back in time to before we had implemented Project Arachnid, um, we were solely operating on public reports that we have coming in from the Canadian public, stating that okay, I've seen um, child sexual abuse material on this site, and we would um, we would react to that. So, Arachnid is more of a proactive sort of approach to things. So. Mm-hmm. Um, In some ways, we opened Pandora's box in that we discovered far more content than we were seeing before because of the proactive sort of approach to it. And so, um, as I mentioned earlier, AI has been helpful in terms of helping us sort of prioritize and get through the material. We're seeing such uh, a larger volume that we're actually exposing our analysts to more than we were before, which is um, a totally different problem.
3: No, so is your system, because are you able to actually detect the file as it's moving along the pipe? Or do you have to detect it only when it sits on the hosted site.
6: Uh, it, depends, um, it depends on the provider that we're working with. So um, I didn't really get into this earlier, but we, um, the web crawling is just one aspect of it. We also have um, an interface that we make available to industry. So if you're, a, if you're a company that deals with user-generated content, so that is you have um, users coming in and uploading material to your service, you can essentially plug into Arachnid to have that content scanned in real time. So in, in that sort of example, um, yes, you could, uh, you could see something going Right through the network, but that would be up to the provider to plug into our services to get that sort of proactive work done within their system. And so, so. Since,
3: since you're on that topic, how would they uh, be able to get get a hold of the software?
6: Um, it's, it's, um, sort of software as a service. So we, we expose what we call the industry API. So they can essentially just plug into that. We make, make that available through, um, authentication. Obviously we, we vet the companies that, uh, that come in to use this service that we provide. So, um, some of this funding coming in from the uh, government of Canada will be applied to sort of scaling out that service. So it's, it's. We're, Is there a cost
3: to the user for that? The cost the com- Is there a cost to the companies using it?
6: No, no, and that's, sort that's of the, the, that was the original sort of uh, plan with this, that we've, we noticed that there's a lot of sort of startup companies that don't necessarily have the capital available that some of the bigger companies sure. do to dedicate towards a project like this, so we, we wanted to come in with a it's, it's free if you're doing the, the right thing kind of approach, um, so yeah, we wouldn't, uh, there's certainly ethical uh, issues surrounding monetizing the data as well. Uh, if, you're, if you're looking at some of the, the back-end stuff that we do, this is based on images of child sexual abuse, and the, the idea that you could monetize that type of information has a lot of uh, real um, ethical questions to it, I would say. So we're, we're very comfortable in our stance that we, that we have in terms of making the interface
0: free for
3: uh, industry to use. Yeah, we're on the, on the line here with Lloyd Richardson, Canadian Centre for Child Protection.
0: Lloyd, it's Jack Get here. Just getting back to your, your company and your, your centre, um, how do you guys get your funding? Is it all 100% government funding? Is it uh, charitable donations? Is it a combination of both?
6: Yeah, it's a little bit of both. So, um historically we've tried to keep a little bit of a, a balance of 50-50% in terms of uh what uh, what we receive from um the government versus what we get from corporate donations and personal donations. Um I think the it's definitely weighted a little bit more to the government side of things now with this injection of funding, but um I I think it gives us a little more leeway to um um to do more to affect the issue when we have a sort of funding split like that, right? So that's, uh, that's been our approach historically.
0: And with the funding that you have right now, is it enough to meet the additional demand that you have with your new technology? You, you mentioned that you have to scale up in terms of uh, the amount of people that you're employing as well.
6: Yeah, I think uh, some of that remains to be seen because um, the, more, the more effort we put into um, detection within the crawler, the more um, analysts that we need to look at the content as well as um, build up the other technical infrastructure surrounding that. So it's sort of a... Uh, chicken and the egg problem. So we don't know how deep the well goes in terms of the problem. Certainly we've uncovered a lot of that information already, but um, I I can certainly say that this funding will go a long way towards putting a dent in that.
3: It's well as frightening because child porn, according to the story, is on the rise. In 2016, there were 6,200 incidences, an increase of 41% over the previous year. I have to ask, Is this increase, is it due to better detection uh, or is in fact a true absolute increase in the amount of of child pornography that that's available on the net.
6: Um, so I guess it depends on what context you're looking at. If you're if you're looking at it in terms of like arrests from like the the law enforcement perspective of things, I think law enforcement has always had a um, a large amount of targets they're able to look at, and certainly like law enforcement has a lot more. Um, work in terms of when they go through an entire investigation so when we're talking about some of the work that we're doing like reducing the public availability that doesn't necessarily in most cases doesn't necessarily result in any sort of a police investigation because when we're talking about the 240,000 notices we've sent obviously you're not starting up 240,000 investigations I mean that's not necessarily scalable so law enforcement has to be really um, sort of tactical about who they choose to pursue in these areas so um, and and they've got their own uh, um, methods for that but um, I assume that you're, you're, the number you're quoting, there, the 6,400 incidents, are likely related to law enforcement response to um, offenders?
3: Yeah. Well, look, uh, Lloyd Richardson, you're keeping our children safe, my friend, and I, I think it's fantastic. It's a noble cause. And uh, the Canadian Centre for Child Protection uh, is obviously a registered charity, so if we want to make a charitable donation, we could do that? absolutely well I'm a big believer in charitable donations and a key reason is because half the, chair, half the donation comes back to you from the government of Canada so well that's it, important that's important so you can basically give twice as much how's that uh, Lloyd Richardson a real pleasure to have you on the line please continue your good work protecting our children from well uh, the, 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 the dark dark world of child pornography just unimaginable it is and uh, we just want to wish you a wonderful wonderful weekend all the best
6: will do and thank you uh, thank you so much for having me it was an absolute pleasure you're welcome